All Things Techie Podcast, brought to you by two tech junkies, Justin Dawson and Simon Lang. For more, visit www.allthingstech.ie for all things techie. Just to give us a background on this, Simon, like we haven't actually done something like this since the early days of internet radio for scouting. Yeah, and now we're going back into it again. Yeah, but in a different way, just talking about something that we love. Techie stuff. Techie stuff. And, and finding a brilliant name to call this techie stuff. It's called allthingstech.ie. For all things techie. Listeners, thank you for joining us. The main thing that we're doing here, we just realised there's no tech podcast out of Ireland that also covers audiovisual because we're two audiovisual junkies as well. Yeah, so this little small island off the side of Europe. And we might as well just not connected to England, by the way. And we might as well do something about us here, so it's a bit Irishy. Yeah, and so <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to have fun on all things techie. We have coming up in the program. We're going to have a tech toy that we think is cool, right? And you know what, Simon? I'm so bad. I actually picked one of my son's toys to play with tonight. So we're going to work out how does that relate to tech. You will see a photo on the show notes. I'm just going to bring it closer to the microphone. Yeah, his name's Scout. And it's by a company called Leapfrog. Yeah, Leapfrog make a couple of different... Leapfrog are like... Um, there's another company that does... VTech do a lot of tech toys as well for, for children. But uh, Leapfrog do... This little teddy, it's, he's green and white. Very Irish looking, actually. And... Uh, he sings songs to to uh, to Kieran that night. Um, but the one thing is, at the very back of this, at at Mister Scout's bum, if we open them up or it, it's Velcro at the back, very very child friendly. There's a battery compartment, but there's also a little mini jack at the bottom of. Well, it's not even USB. It's it's actually a mini jack. You you won't believe this. Where is that little mini jack? It's hidden. It's because I've seen ones that have USB. I have another one at home that's USB connected. Okay. Oh yeah, he barks when you you, you annoy him, Simon, or barks when he's, he's you, you don't play with him enough. So uh, yeah. So, so what about this toy? What what's so special about it? Okay, this is really cool because what you can do is you can take the mini jack, you log into Leapfrog's website, set up an account, and you can program it to say the child's name. And his favourite colour. And his favourite food. Does it say when it's his birthday and play him any happy birthday ones? Because I have one. That take, that. take note, Leapfrog. It, it, it's so so for Rebecca. So it counts Simon's, down. Simon's daughter, by the way. Counts down. So if you're 10 days away from birthdays, it says, oh, it's nearly your birthday. So, and it also reminds the parent that they have to go out and buy another present. Yeah. Do you know what, Simon? For us husbands out there, this would be a great tech toy if they actually like turned around and told us regularly when our wedding anniversaries were or when our wife's yeah, birthday. That's what Google Calendar is for. So with your integration of Google Calendar to um, to your smart device at home, it will actually like start like trying to hit you over the head with a hammer to remind no, you that nothing that violent. <laughs> it's just called a prompt or a notification on your phone. <laughs> no, your toy actually tells. Rebecca, it does a, it does a countdown, so it starts telling you, oh, it's like one day to your birthday, ten days to your birthday, that kind of thing, and then, then on your, the day of the birthday, it goes, happy birthday, Rebecca, or whatever the kid's name is. 
Now, the one thing I found that's really a bit frustrating about this... and Sing a song about you. C. I. A. R. A. N. Kieran? It says Kieran. It's not Kieran. So it doesn't take in the Irishness of how we say things. Precisely. Now, fair play to LeapFrog for creating a database that has that many names that can also tie in nicely with the songs that they have. But, but if you're there's a sparking enemy. But if there's some, like if your name is slightly unusual or it has a hyphenation or if it's maybe, say, Dutch, it has a broadening of letters. I think it's umlet. Yes. They put over, does it, or Dutch, German, sorry. Um, does it take those kind of things into account? I don't think so. Now, was it okay in saying Rebecca? I can't remember. Yeah, and like everything else, it's a cuddly toy. It's so. a cuddly toy, yeah. Maybe us adults pay more attention to this. But going back to the whole idea, there's one for Google to like remind husbands when... I know notifications, but you have your Google Home. Yeah, I have one at home, so if you actually have it tied to your calendar it can tell you what's coming up but i think you has you have to prompt it versus it willingly just tell you oh like good morning simon guess what it's 10 days to your wife's birthday and um, versus you have to go google what's in my calendar yeah. and then it goes simon your calendar has x it's y and clever enough to say like if you ask google like when is my wife's anniversary will they be able to tell you i have never tried that are you going to try it later on when you get um, Probably should. <laughs> but next month, Simon's going to pick out a tech toy that he's going to talk about and tell us about the pros and cons. Have you something in mind? No, nothing yet. But, you know, you have to do a little bit of research and just make sure there's something worth talking about for first too. <laughs> yeah, and something that we can play with. If you want us to review any product, please do so. We are on Twitter at Justin or Dawson and for Simon it's Simon Lang AV and also you can visit us on our official website which is all the W's dot all things tech dot IE for all things techie new features on the ID sim include being able to set a cap on your monthly bill what do you make of that well I used to go over like all the time so this is great is this the greatest sim card in the world yes have I just got one? Yes. Are you jealous? Um, yeah, yes. Yes. About two months ago, ID Networks in Ireland decided that it was going to close shop uh, the mobile phone company that's run by Carphone Warehouse in which, Ireland. Which is owned by Dixons. I never realised that. Yeah. So, so Dixons is a big electronics company that we would have here in Ireland and the UK. So, um, so they own Carphone Warehouse, which is a big mobile phone provider they're not a particular mobile network they just provide phones to any network apparently they had 40,000 customers but they, they were hoping for a buy over and they didn't get it yeah so now that um, I think they've uh, a liquidator mm, uh, has yeah. been in, engaged I know Vodafone and some of the major mobile networks were offering people to switch over to different networks who do you operate with I'm with three so, okay. So they they were formerly O2 or Telefonica. Yeah. So and sometimes I just think like despite it all, sometimes it's better the devil you know than the be devil you don't know with it, with mobile phone companies. Like I've been one of these 
Aircom, which became Vodafone, now Air is back. But I've been a Vodafone user all my life, and I think I switched to O2 for a while at the time, and just found that I didn't get the service that I did get with Vodafone. Um, but then there's so many supermarket chains that have mobile networks. Just like we would have like Tesco, which would be um, a big retailer. But they all, the funny thing is these all operate on the major networks. Oh, networks. So, for example, Tesco runs on Tree, Tree's network, and there's another one called 48. Well, we did a bit so, of research yeah. on this, Simon, and like we were just having a play around. Could we name all the mobile networks that are operating in Ireland and their prefix? Now, I know with the communications regulator, Comreg, here in Ireland, you can keep your mobile number. So now there's no, not as big of a need for as many prefix. Yeah. However, yeah, because the prefixes you, we used to be able to determine who, what network you were with, where now you can't really tell anymore. Okay, here we go. OA2 was AirPage, which was the paging service. I think, does anyone use paging services anymore? I think hospitals, n- hospitals do. Hospitals. And I think at one stage I read up the Mountain, ne- Mountain Rescue still use pagers. And I think the fire service do. Right. Do them because I've heard someone who lives near me go running down down the road and it sounded like a beeping more like a pager versus a mobile phone. So there you go. Air, air page is 082. 083 and 086 is 3 Ireland because 086 used to be 02, which is now brought over by 3. Yeah. So 083. Um, air mobile, I'm oh, sorry, 083 is now also Blueface which uses the three networks. Because that's what I was saying earlier, and there's loads of them seem to, they must buy bandwidth off the major suppliers of networks. So in the sense of Tree and Vodafone and Air are probably the three big ones here in Ireland. Then you have Air Mobile, 085. Mm-hmm. Vodafone always was 087. Um, Postphone uses Vodafone's network on oh, 087. Postphone is from our on-post postal service. Yes. Uh, DigiWeb uses 088. Now, 088, I thought, was gone, because that no, was that the be, old... That was the old Aircom. Yeah, no, but I think wasn't that's the network where they... What was it? It's not... It's G, it's like a pre-GSM. Yes. yes. So it's like the first... Where you used to be able to get a frequency scanner and listen in to people's phone calls. And the mobile phones were ones where you carried a brick with you, which was the battery. And the, and now, the phone was... going a, back to the old <laughs> days, now, there was two companies called Imagine. There was Imagine Broadband and there was and they had that really cool Imagine calling across the nation song guitarist. I was with Aircom once upon a time. So many bundles confused my mind. Then Imagine came knocking on my door. Now I won't get ripped off anymore. Cause I got YMAX coming across the nation. Imagine YMAX the new sensation. YMAX next generation. Faster, better, cheaper, no line rents and fees. But do you remember, you, you talk about the old bricks and like safe by the bell type of mm. mobile phones and the 088 prefix. Do you remember Imagine had another mobile phone company, they worked out of Spectrophoto on Grafton Street long, long years mm-hmm. gone. Now, Grafton Street listeners, main centre of Dublin. But they used to have a marketing campaign that if they see someone with a mobile phone up to their ear, they will walk up to them and give them a fiver. 
No, I never heard of that happening. I wish I was there. <laughs> well, could you imagine trying to do a marketing campaign now where every person that you've seen with a mobile phone, that's everyone, listeners. Yeah. Um, and a fiver, um, the company would be broke very quickly. Yes. <laughs> and you can see why this company went under very quickly with that marketing campaign. Similar to ID, really didn't pick up in Ireland. Yeah, they were hoping because I think because they sold phones, well, people would just use their network. But it just shows you... But, you know what? It, it they worked out of Carphone Warehouse. They did have good bundles and pick and choose bundles. When you're going for a mobile company, what are you looking for, son? I'm looking for unlimited data. That's my minimum requirement. I everything like I don't really care about phone calls or texts because truthfully, what we we all use WhatsApp. Do or people make phone calls anymore? Yeah, this, this is the point. People ring you through WhatsApp or ring you through Messenger, so you're still using data. All on data, yes. So and I think that is getting more and more the case. People are using the data packages more. And then I'm working in a situation where I have, in my workplace, unlimited broadband like or free broadband, open access broadband. So I don't need the data packages. like. I upgraded my mobile phone recently and even even the, the likes of trying to go for the new Samsung or Apple phones, unless you sign up to a huge tariff of €85 Euro a month. No, because I'm with Tree, so I have an unlimited data package yeah. with Tree, but I chose that pack because I chose the package I'm on for the data. And, and how much is your tariff? It's month? about 40 40 minus 35 with Vodafone mm. but unless you want to try and get the phone for free in in on bill pay as an upgrade you have to go for the tariffs of 85 plus yeah, and most plus of them are also 24 month contracts and so 24 month contracts and then you go but we're going to give you 15 gig uh, broadband data package and you say well hold on a minute I'm not going to use 15 gigs and then if you heard in the news it was about a week ago um, Limerick, which is one of our regional cities, has just launched a whole city-wide Wi-Fi network so that when you're walking around Limerick, you can actually get Wi-Fi all the time. But this going, going with this idea, like, is, is it Air, Air pushing this? So I, I don't know who's the provider. I think it's a city related to the city's own civic network. Right. I can't remember. I only read in the paper recently, but so they're testing it on, on an inner part of Limerick City and then they'll expand it further out of the city so imagine that in Dublin where you have the whole city centre Wi-Fi enabled well the point is that they keep on talking about bringing better broadband and Wi-Fi to Ireland but then there's only one company that's offering to do it now oh I didn't realise that yeah the, the other the other Wi-Fi network pulled out of it so Aircom have got it it went even to I think the competition authority were looking into is this fair and adequate to just give it to Aircom to, to roll out that's for rolling it out to all these people in rural areas yes okay yeah I know Vodafone have always kept on talking about being able to provide uh, Wi-Fi through the electricity DSP grid yeah because I heard that a long time ago that DSP were looking into that that we would get your telephone could like use your power extenders in your house they're just using the same Wouldn't power extenders so fantastic if you could just plug in anywhere and know that you're on the internet yeah. anywhere in the house and fast speed broadband as well or if you could bring it with you so even when you went traveling somewhere else in ireland you just plugged it in and i knew you were here instead of in x place you're now in y place and you still have your broadband with you 
Well, take note, going back, take note, mobile phone companies, that it's not always about what bundles you can give. I think I, I liked ID's concept of being able to pick and choose what you wanted to add onto your package. Yeah, it was kind of like a, a buffet. Yeah, really wasn't it? Where you go and want? Do you want this or this or this or do you want more of this, less of this? And it, it was very but customized to the, the person. The whole idea of phones being that expensive that, like, if you want to buy a new iPhone or Samsung straight out, it's nearly a thousand euro. Yeah, and that's something that that most people can't afford. You went online and just bought a Hawaii phone. Yeah, I got I got mine online, which seems to be quite popular. Or it's the way a lot of people are buying is the Google, new Google Pixel phones straight from Google, but they're even still expensive. Yeah, now, I heard that the Pixel 2 isn't as good as the Pixel 1. I don't know. I actually don't. I've never used them, but I, they're still... If it's on Google, it's probably quite good anyway. Listeners, if you're listening in, if you have either one of those phones, you can tweet us at Justin or Dawson. Or Simon Lang AV. Going down the AV route, Simon, mm. uh, Polycom bought over by Plantronics. So Plantronics is the headsets. No, that's how I know them as headsets. They do all those kind of for office um, headphones, conferencing. They possibly do other things, but that's how I know them. Mm. And Polycom is the VC people. Is now, or uh, telecoms. They're actually, VC is probably too limiting. They're probably telecoms. They're telecom conferencing systems. Yeah. Now, I think there's room, Simon, for a company to do the teleconferencing systems, as in what we call on the road star phones that you can plug in and do teleconferencing and um, for their video conferencing units they're big they're bulky and, well, they, and they have a big 360 one that they launched about a year ago where it's an integrated you know, system yeah that you have to you can have four people sitting around it and it picks them all up so that's a, a big bulky system where you have a camera and that's a right. Kodak. Tweet, can, yeah, there, there was yeah. like three, three or four monitors and then you could sit around in a huddle space. Mm-hmm. and what. Now, I know that with Polycom, you have to update the firmware, you have to keep a license constantly, etc. Versus the simple. I, I recommend now for huddle spaces, get a pan to zoom camera. It's USB compatible. And then buy the software afterwards, whatever you're using. I think that's yeah. the way things are going. Or if they're, they're, the cameras are just straightforward cameras like um, Anelkis. Yes. They're, where they're just USB connected and you just whatever your laptop is, is where the software lives. And they're just standard Windows drivers. Yeah, it, it sort of brings us back to, we're going to be doing later on in the program a how-to guide. And we're going to be addressing a different topic each month on how-to and coming up in this one, I'm going to be addressing how to do a Google Meet. And uh, we might also talk about virtual meeting rooms and what is the best virtual meeting rooms. But we'll come back to that. But would you be on the same wavelength as me, Simon? That is this, is this a good move by Plantronics to buy over Polycom? Now, I suppose they're all web conferencing stuff. In, in one way, when you think about Plantronics, is probably trying to get more agile, um, and then Plantronics has the more has the headsets and all like that, and then Polycom has the has the history and experience of all this conferencing behind it. So it seems like a quite uh, good move. Do you think? Do you think I'm right in saying that 
they've done the veer away from the old-fashioned VC units and go for the more plug-and-play, USB-compatible. Probably, or they're probably even going to go more web-orientated. Or more software-orientated. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I think that's, that's the way forward. Like It, t- it ties in what, what I'm going to talk about later on in the programme. The word Skype and Skype for Business. Which has actually been renamed to Team. I think it is the their rebranding. Really? Because they this is, this is news to me. Because <laughs> it was um they used to be called Link. Yes, Microsoft Link. Link, and then it became Skype for Business. Yes. And then they announced it's it's going to be rebranded as Team. I think it's called. Now, will it be compatible with the other versions of Skype? Because this is the biggest biggest problem with Skype. I don't know. I haven't actually. Have I, you come across this problem where no. the usernames do not do not talk to Skype for Business? You have Skype. As far as I'm concerned, now I'm waiting for if someone from Microsoft wants to ring in and go, "You are totally wrong about this, Justin." Be my guest. Ask Justin or Dawson or at Simon Lang AV, and you can blame Simon on talking about this too. Uh, you have Skype. Which is the original version of Skype. Is that the personal version? Personal version. Oh, yeah. right. Well, if you want to quote personal version, yeah, that you have a username. You have a Skype that exists on Windows 10 as an app from the Windows Store. And you have Skype for business. I've had staff members in my job going, um, I think I'm losing my mind, Justin. I have typed in this password and my username two or three times. I've asked... I'm, I'm to the stage of asking for a password reset. They get the password reset, they type it in, it still doesn't work. Then we launch the App Store version of Skype on the Windows computer and they get in. So the old Skype on the desktop wasn't taking it. Then it, Skype for Business uses business domain addresses, but they can't search usernames as far as I know. So the only comparison I could give to that is if you're, say, a Google user in a personal sense and a G Suite user in a business sense, do the two of them talk to each other as well? So I believe they do. So I've never tried that, I got to say. So the other way is then I don't, if someone has a personal Skype account, you're saying it doesn't connect to a Skype for Business account or even the Skype app, which is built into Windows 10. Yes. Which seems to be a big flaw because you wouldn't. A huge flaw. And I'm, uh, listeners, if you want to prove me wrong or tell me that it does, please do <laughs> answer this conundrum that I've had in the past. But I, don't, I, I haven't found a way, and I've found other websites that are complaining about Skype versus Skype for Business. So you're saying that they're going to be called Team soon? I think Team was the name. I could be wrong, but I have in my head Team seems to be right. That the, it's been rebranded. Why? Why the need of another rebrand? Don't know. Maybe it's a little bit kind of they're trying to, Microsoft's approach of going more web orientated, like with their Office 365, and well, hopefully that like they can talk to each other. Like we do have, and it's something that we're going to talk about later in the program virtual meeting rooms and what we recommend as the best software. We face a number of important issues around privacy, safety, and democracy. And you will rightfully have some hard questions for me to answer. Before I talk about the steps we're taking to address them, I want to talk about how we got here. 
Facebook is an idealistic and optimistic company. For most of our existence, we focused on all of the good that connecting people can do. And as Facebook has grown, people everywhere have gotten a powerful new tool for staying connected to the people they love, for making their voices heard, and for building communities and businesses. Just recently, we've seen the Me Too movement and the March for Our Lives organized, at least in part, on Facebook. After Hurricane Harvey, people came together to raise more than $20 million for relief. And more than 70 million biz small businesses use Facebook to create jobs and grow. But it's clear now that we didn't do enough to prevent these tools from being used for harm as well. And that goes for fake news, for foreign interference in elections and hate speech, as well as developers and data privacy. We didn't take a broad enough view of our responsibility, and that was a big mistake. And it was my mistake, and I'm sorry. Do you bother with a Facebook account anymore? Not really. I kind of look out for the groups. Um, I pay a lot of attention like, to the Crestron groups and all the programming groups that are great for seeing what the experts are doing in industry. So it's not really more as much a social thing anymore. You it's don't more, write. No, I don't. I write. don't write. I just read what's on it. I and, read. Yeah, and, and if I have a question that often appears in, in a work situation that's more Crestron AV related, the guys who are in all these kind of AV groups are great for coming back with um with their opinions or and now we're taking it outside of facebook and bringing it into a podcast called yeah. all things techie yeah, yeah exactly but some of these guys there would be geniuses in particular fields of crestron in the case of i deal a lot with crestron so i it's quite interesting to ask them questions and um trying to get answers that often you just can't get straightforward answers on Crestron's own main support site or something like that. You just look, you're looking for a blunt everyday answer. What do you make out of this Cambridge Analytica debacle? Now it's causing a major rumpus for everyone. Is like how much of my personal data have they taken? Um, will Facebook actually tell us if they've taken it? If if we're one of those affected people or not? Or is it, is it the fact that it was open source? So they'd say no, not our fault. Which could be an interesting one with all these um, GDPR things that is coming up now in the laws about our data protection in Europe and, yeah. and information like that. Uh, it's kind of an interesting time that's all come out in when all of a sudden this law is coming into place in May in Ireland, I think. Yeah. Um, so this Cambridge group, they, uh, they seem to be doing this a long time and it's affected even, I think, the elections in the U.S., isn't, weren't they involved? Yeah. Well, uh, they reckon around Trump, they got some information Well, they have Trump. Mark Zuckerberg in front of the powers that be. Mm. Did you see any of those clips? No, I haven't seen any of that. It's, it pretty much was put a load of people that were no way IT literate into the room. We're going to play some clips here. So how many data categories do you store? Does Facebook store? on the categories that you collect. Senator, can you clarify what you mean by data well, there's, categories? Well, there's some past reports that have been out there that indicate that, it, that Facebook collects about 96 data categories for those 2 billion active users. That's 192 billion data points that are being generated, I think, at any time uh, from consumers globally. So. How many do you, does Facebook store out of that? Do you store any? 
Senator, I'm not actually sure what that is referring to. How many Facebook like buttons are there on non-Facebook web pages? Congresswoman, I don't know the answer to that off the top of my head, but we'll get back to you. Is the number over 100 million? I believe we've served the like button on pages more than that, but I don't know the number of pages that have the like button on actively. How many Facebook share buttons are there on non-Facebook web pages? I don't know the answer to that exactly off the top of my head either, but that's something that we can follow up with you on. And do we think that's over 100 million, likely? How many chunks of Facebook pixel code are there on non-Facebook web pages? Congresswoman, you're asking some specific stats that I don't know off the top of my head, but we can follow up with you and get back to you on all of these. Mr. Zuckerberg, I remember well your first visit to Capitol Hill back in 2010. You spoke to the Senate Republican High Tech Task Force, which I chair. You said back then that Facebook would always be free. Is that still your objective? Senator, yes. There will always be a version of Facebook that is free. It is our mission to try to help connect everyone around the world and to bring the world closer together. In order to do that, we believe that we need to offer a service that everyone can afford and we're committed to doing that. Well, if so, how do you sustain a business model in which users don't pay for your service? Senator, we run ads. If you're actually anyway involved in using Facebook, you know it's, that's how to make money. They surely, their friends and family have a Facebook account. Yeah, and um, you would expect um, to be even be aware of it, really, most people in the world are aware of Facebook in some form, or, f or even if they don't use it. Is it enough to to make Facebook become the next Bebo? I don't think this is going to kill Facebook. I don't think it's going to kill it. I think, I think it. I think that people of our age range are going to start using Facebook differently, and they'd say about putting notifications beside in. Trump's words, fake news. I, I think people read Facebook. I think they use it more as a media outlet to read things and, <laughs> hate to say it, spy on people. Yeah, versus like knowing what did, I, what did X have for their dinner yesterday. I think that's moved to Instagram or something else now. It's no longer Facebook. If you notice, most people are not talking about their meals or what they did today or anything like that. It's all on, it's moved to Instagram or Snapchat. Don't we feel old? I was just about to say that. Don't we feel old when we talk about Snapchat? I don't have a Snapchat. I've never had a Snapchat. I don't even know how Snapchat works. We might have to do this in a future podcast, download Snapchat and just play around with it. I, I have an idea how it works. So it, I've heard and I've seen people use it. But it's on Instagram. It's for the younger generation, Simon. But we're still young. Uh, we could call ourselves young. We have a toy here that like plays our songs. To make us feel young. Yeah, very young indeed. I'm going to kill that in the back. Yeah. Go with Sleep Scout. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we could still have fun with that. But, uh, yeah, I think that our, one of our things we'll have to do is we'll have to download some of these social media apps and start playing. We're on Twitter, though. We are on Twitter. Simon Lang, AV. And Justin or Dawson. And uh, you can visit our website, allthingstech.ie, for all things techie. Digital signage, Simon. <laughs> like, I, we're going to stick up some photos on our show notes. And this is one I came across of 
a house of worship in America with the word Jesus, and then underneath it, it was trying to perform a Windows 10 update. I just noticed there's more and more Windows 10 updates than any other operating system ever, ever. Like, it, it actually does my head in and work trying to keep laptops up to date for, for staff. It's um, every day. Every day? Every day. Yeah. There is updates, but it's even more when, when things like um, Spectre or the WannaCry or... The, what, um, these are all viruses which, yeah. uh, which so they're, they're constantly trying to protect because there's someone out there always trying to hack or get away around it or someone left a gap in in a patch or something like that and all of a sudden someone else is trying to exploit that now you have also shared a great little photo or story we won't put the photo up maybe on our on our website or on our show notes but you were telling me of a train station that the digital signage got hacked yeah, it was. Um, I think it was in Washington. It was definitely in the U.S. But um, where the sign during rush hour started showing pornographic Im- images um, in the train station um, during rush hour, and um, they were scrambling to try to find the plug to unplug it. Have you ever seen like some of the new uh, digital signage in London and some of the scenes like? You you would just imagine imagine being able to get into something like Times Square or something and change some of the signage. Yeah, and especially those ones would be worth millions to the advertising company um, or to the advertisers. And imagine what the damage it would do to the reputation of even that that location. Because behind the scenes, no matter how fancy the screen is, it is usually running on a simple Android or or Windows PC. On, an, on a network. Or Linux. Linux. Yeah. So a lot of good for the networks use Linux. Which usually is like an open source, like you even talk about home security and internet of things. Something that we might talk about in a later episode on all things techie. But uh, if they, if people don't change the admin password, which is could be as simple as four zeros. Or it's admin admin. You could, you could load up whatever you want. But I don't think... I think most of these companies would be professional enough to avoid that. But it still doesn't mean every... Well, then how did that happen? <laughs> and it just shows you that the hackers are getting better, but then maybe AV security needs to increase. Yeah. So one thing that we might actually talk about in a later episode is the types of AV security for, for things like this, digital signage. Now, especially that, because it's so public and it can do a lot of reputational damage. <laughs> so we will stick up some photos if you have heard any f- stories of digital signage gone wrong or want to send us some photos not just of badly mounted screens but uh, of digital signage where things have gone terribly wrong please let us know at Justin or Dawson or Simon Lang AB and that's where you can get us or even on just look on all things techie when techie folks and techie junkies like us don't really even understand Snapchat and some of the other new social media outlets that's out there, um, how do you protect your child online? We've come across a website called iKids. This is an Irish company. It's, an, it's a piece of hardware. You plug into your router at home and then it controls the content um, for all the electronic devices in the house. It allows you control if they're allowed on this or that kind of like if say if you want them to have Facebook, if you don't want them to have Facebook, if you want them to have um, 
certain access to YouTube or something like that. And then you can also schedule when they can have that access. iKids is not complicated. It's been made very simple for people just to plug in and use straight away. Uh, what does it do? Um, it addresses three principal issues. First of all, content. So you mentioned uh, YouTube. Mm -hmm. YouTube um, is... You, you can get a variety of content on YouTube. What we do is we allow the parents set various filters to restrict it for very young children, to moderate for less o for older, and then further restrictions as the child develops right the way through. Also, we restrict all web searches. So if you put in a profanity or a you search for pornography uh, and a normal web search through Google or whatever, we do not re respond with, here's your various options of sites you can get to. And thirdly, we allow the parent then set controls over adult content, violence, malware, and various other components. So that's that's the content aspect of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is social media. Now, social media is where the equivalent of where we used to go and play football. I'm a little bit older than you. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is where kids actually go and play. So we respect that. But what this, what we allow you to do is restrict the amount of time that you're on social media and give insights as to what you're actually doing on social media. So is it tracking everything that that the child does it has the parents the ability to go okay little johnny or little jill was on facebook this is what they typed or is it just not to what they typed we give an analysis uh, at this point we give analysis of the amount of time spent on sites amount of time spent on various social media sites so youtube whatsapp facebook etc 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 and then other sites that they village they visited so you can actually see a combination of time the dates that were on what we are working on is uh, based on parents requests because the information is, is, is not our information mm -hmm. that we can drill down and say that that child was on this particular profile for example on facebook nine times yesterday now just to go back and just explain this box plugs into your existing router in your house and um, so it actually creates a separate uh, Wi-Fi connection. That's correct. The, they, it, the reason we do that is because the parents have to exist on their existing router. There's lots of IoT devices to the existing router. So this is just creating a separate network, exactly the same as the network in, 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 that you currently have in your house that is dedicated to the children and can't be compromised. See, at first, myself and my co-host Simon were thinking, hold on, is this a blocker? Does this just block sites? And then to, to make it really clear to our listeners, it creates the separate internet connection. So even if little Johnny or little Jill thought by unplugging this out of the router, I'm going to get back on the internet, they have just killed their own internet access. That is correct. Yeah, and therefore, uh, actually, that's the one of the biggest queries. Is, well, what if he just unplugs it? Uh, he will do, but he won't do it again because he can't get to the internet. Just as a as, as way of interest as well, we in various markets in the world deploy to the actual operator's router doesn't have to be additional boxes. Some markets in the world where operators have committed to implementing our solution on, on their routers, we can actually deploy to the router that's in your house. That's super. So it, it can, can be just a one box and no, no extra cables needed or anything. So it's, if, that, if that's the case, John, it's, it's, it's mainly a, a, um, a software base that's just been added onto the existing router, yes? Ultimately, that's what we want. In order to get in to, to prove that the market worked, we had to produce some hardware. The hardware works. We have a what is it, four billion routers currently in, in the marketplace in the world. It's a very simple plug into those solutions. But as routers evolve and operators evolve and there's more demand for it, what we're in a position to do is deploy it to the operator's router automatically in the house. 
I've seen on your website that it's it's being sold around the globe. What what different countries are you in? Um, we trade uh, every day, twenty eight different countries. We wow. have offices in Malta, Lagos, in Nigeria, um, London, and Ireland currently. And it, is this just a, like did it start off in Ireland, or how how old is this product? Uh, it started off two thousand and fifteen. Me sitting at this desk at home. Wow, that's fantastic. So in in three years now, what what's the demand been like? Um, depending on the market, um, the there is a big awareness program underway in Ireland. There is, it, it, there's difficulties in, in what we call the developed markets. Our biggest markets would actually be the Middle East, mm. uh, North Africa, the Middle East. Uh, we would be successful in countries like Nigeria, where there, there's a driver to protect children. There's more of a driver around perhaps religious connotations to the internet, etc. Uh, the European market takes a long time to develop. Are you attached to any? current uh, internet providers that to just have the software in Ireland? Uh, no, how easy is it? It would take you about three minutes. We currently in Ireland, we would have approximately 28,000 households. Um, that's just an approximate number. It's plug and play. Uh, we provide support if you need it. That's it. Do we align to an Irish provider? No. Not yet. No. Okay. Well, well, hopefully something down down the line uh, to to work on another question that might come to mind is on a technical basis does it slow down the speed of your internet connection for little johnny uh doing nope. the homework no nope. no nope. it's a straight pass through um technically i'll explain right for example there's various different uh hardware configurations there always is everyone's got you know your basic reader your advanced reader your th um you know 2.45 gac etc and then we've got a mesh product coming along it's it's all about the speed that going through the LAN port. Standard LAN ports are 100 meg, so little Johnny's getting 100 meg right the way through. Okay, that's balanced. You can go up to, for example, our mesh box has a gig um, port, so as long as your router has a gig port, mm -hmm. you will get a gig throughput. I, I know for the likes of some of the internet providers, they have the sticker on their router saying this is the password, username and password. And do you, do you make it easy for parents to just go into your site and go, right, once we plug this in, I want to change the password so little Johnny can't open up a manual and go, ah, there's the password. Uh, yep, on the website, there's a guy full-time keeps updating the tutorials, etc. on the website. He, as routers come along, it's very straightforward. The, there's standard uh, password configurations. Changing the password in the router is about two, three minutes work. Now, when, when you say you can time the access to to social media uh, as an administrator the parent can just go in and say i want to give little johnny 30 minutes of facebook and then it just knocks them off after 30 minutes no i don't do it that way and i'll be very honest as to why we don't do it okay uh, here's fact okay a device connected to the internet is doing lots and lots of things in the background you would be surprised the amount of data that you're using on background services coming from Google, coming from Apple, coming from various other apps that are sitting on the phone. Okay, mm. so it is unfair to say because if you allow, if you included that much um, connectivity as part of their allowance, it's actually unfair on the child. That that is my only reason for not doing it that way. Okay. So what we do is we say, okay, logically within a family. So for example, my family here, between you know eight a.m. on a Saturday and four on a Saturday. There is no access to WhatsApp, Facebook, or whatever, the social media sites, but you can get on other sites to do your homework or your study, and then you can open it up in multiple slots during the day. So you're allocating time, which is, I believe is a, 
well, I, it's, my belief is that it's the more honest way of doing it because you're actually being dishonest if you're saying, you know, that child was on the internet was for four hours. That's not true. The child may have put the phone down, okay, have not been on it, but the device is continuously checking, so it's, it's inaccurate. If you don't mind me asking, what age are your children and I guess they were the real guinea pigs of this operation. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they, they're, they're all quite old. Well, my youngest is uh, 16, just doing transition year. Okay. Two are in college. And uh, and were they ever able to crack the, crack the code during your test stages? Uh, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they were my guinea pigs. I had to, uh, they'll live through it. They, they're going to sue me one day. <laughs> Bad parenting. Bad parenting. If people want to find out more about uh iKids where should they go uh very simply iKids.com iKYDZ.com John it's been a pleasure talking to you and thank you so much for joining us on this podcast and hopefully if we get some people that use this product they can give us some reviews back and we can share them with you happy to give you customers that you can talk to and actually customers who will actually explain that the reasons they did it and the, 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 the pushback they get, and yes, we all get pushback, but there's a very valid reason for doing this. And, and I, many customers will actually say, I did it because this was the right thing to do because I had this problem and now it's actually stable. I'm going to address virtual meeting room software and what I believe is the most easiest virtual meeting room software is Google Meet. Most people have Google accounts as their main email address. I I believe that Google has totally and utterly outranked Hotmail and Outlook. Oh yeah, I agree with you. They just they just seem to have it all together at the moment. And Google Meet is their video platform. Yeah, and okay, so they had Hangouts, and Hangouts is more of a larger base where you can record. But it seems like Google Meet is a much more dumbed down simpler version of how to have a live chat with someone now you do have whatsapp and whatever that can do video chats but on a computer platform people i know in work a lot of staff go i want to do a skype call and you go okay have you got a skype have you downloaded skype yet oh do i need to download it the great thing about google and google meet is it's web-based it's web rtc so the only requirement is Chrome. Yes. However, the only requirement is Chrome. Exactly what Simon just said. I've noticed it's not multi-browser based. If you have Safari, if you have Firefox, if you have Edge, or old enough to have Internet Explorer, you might experience some problems. You will experience problems. No, you, no, don't you will experience problems. You've experienced this, these issues too. Yeah, because no, for the Google Meet, it only works on Chrome. Yes. But then, like, if you have an iOS device or an Android device, you can actually download the actual Meet app. Yes, and this is the easy thing of the Meet app. Now, all you need is your Gmail account to, to access it. Yeah, and a calendar. And a calendar. Calendar... Make it new invite. This is me doing it live. And you have a function called um, enable conferencing. Yeah. Click of a button. Click of a button. It creates a URL. And also, in some cases, it creates an audio conferencing number with PIN as well. So you have everything in one. Depending on what Skype, or not Skype, what Google version uh, account you, you have. have. So that's probably more G Suite enterprise versions. 
Yes. Where personal ones, you probably only get your URL. Yes. Now, I know on one of the platforms, the business platform, you do get a record feature. Yeah, and where, and I think anywhere I've seen that being used, it's a, it's also an enable or disable feature depending on your company. People try and do virtual meetings, and they go, "Oh, well, I have a webcam on my laptop, so I then will just talk to that." No, please don't. Now, that's where I find we experience lots of technical support issues and your local IT help desk are going, you did what? And as audiovisual experts that we will call ourselves, audiovisual experts, here is a top tip. It costs no more than maybe 30 euro. Get yourself a USB headset. Yeah, exactly, because that's the big issue. The laptop microphones and speakers are just not capable yet. You have a small little pin on your laptop that has the microphone underneath this plastic casing it's not going to hear you no and you'll end up people saying oh you sound like you're in a big um tube or in a really echoey room or it just is awful so get a headset get a headset and what we say is usb headset because it fits into the usb port which means you do not have to use the sound card and plug in two cables, one for hearing and one for your microphone. Just get an all-in-one USB headset. If you don't get one then, what, what, something that we've been using for years, Simon, the old Jabra USB. Yeah, and they work great. Is there the same thing? They have all these little built-in technologies like it's noise like a disc. cancellation. Yes, it's like a disc and it has noise cancellation. Uh, echo cancellation. Uh, echo cancellation. The... The other thing we have to highlight, if people don't do this, Simon, is that you create an audio loop because you're using your PC speakers, it's going through the microphone again, and people on the far end are hearing this ridiculous amount of echo. And then, then you're wondering why... And then they call us. Yeah, or you're wondering why everyone's not happy because they can't hear what you're saying. And if Hello! You're, if you're using this in a very... Um, high-profile business situation you could be negotiating a big contract and all of a sudden someone says a thousand could sound like a million yeah yes that's <laughs> so, that's the, that's the reason why some of these businesses go out of operation so it's important that you use the right tools now we do have ones that can go multi-platform that are expensive but f on the free basis everyone can use google meet yeah or um yeah i think it's meet and then skype Basic, basic Skype, I'm calling it. Yeah. Well, what, what would you prefer to use? Now, I prefer Meet because I'm using Google a lot. Yes. So yeah. It's convenient. And it links in with your calendar. Yeah. And it's on my phone, so... You uh, it just makes us more intrigued of what Microsoft's going to do next. Are they going to go down the Google route with Team? I, I hope so. Um, they need to catch up big time. Because what I like about... It, the Google Meet is I can start the call on my computer and if I have to leave I can just stop there and pick it up on my phone and continue on I know I have to disconnect and dial back in but it's still it's so quick yeah. because it's a URL that like you can leave the virtual and you can use the same link again yeah I think you can have to actually a repeat meeting with the same link as well yeah so we're talking about making things as user-friendly as possible for for the non-techie folk yeah, well, now it's one click of a button, mm. and then it's one click of a button to join. To join, yeah. Now, 
The other thing that we must say for virtual meetings is buy yourself a good webcam. And I don't just mean it's HD, so therefore. I think for a lot of these meetings, more importantly is getting a nice wide angle webcam. Yeah, and I spend, if you're in a meeting room, you probably even want to look at the proper install. Yeah, Pantel Zoom. Or like um, there's some nice ones out by AMX. It's called a Vibe Bar. Which mm. has a camera, microphone, and speakers all built into it, and it's I've like I've seen these in ISE. Yeah, so it's like a it's like a sound bar that goes below your TV. Have and you I, got any of these guys yet? Or you were talking about some of these guys. Um, I'm starting to learn about them. If the five guys are listing in, we will gladly test one. Simon will test one next show. I'd have no problem testing one for the next show if they sent me one. We might even take this podcast to a virtual environment. Oh, <laughs> live it up. Live it up, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think that the final word will have to come from Scout. I'd like a dog, please. It's my favourite animal. I like it to be red. Have you ever heard of a red dog? That's my favourite. Yeah, red setter. Ah, sorry, it's ahead of me on this. Bananas. A dog that's red and eats bananas? That's Definitely not. This is the type of thing that we can set up. Kieran. Kieran. Without the father. Without the father. From myself, Justin Dawson. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening in to All Things Techie. You can tweet me at, at Justin or Dawson. Or Simon at Simon Lang. AV. <laughs> yeah, thank you for listening. Simon, it's been a pleasure doing this for the first month. Great, and we'll have many more stories ahead. Yeah, just do tweet us, do visit our website, allthingstechie.ie for allthingstechie. And if you've anything you want us to try, just let us know and send it to us. Send us to us. Uh, you can, we can sample it, we can send it back, or if you want us to keep it because you're really nice folk, we can do that too. That would be even better. All Things Techie Podcast, brought to you by two tech junkies, Justin Dawson and Simon Lang. For more, visit www.allthingstech.ie for all things techie.